chapter 9 on forgiveness. And so tonight, before we actually look at the chapter, I wanted to talk about forgiveness before we headed into the study. And there are times where, I don't know if you found the truth for yourself, but there's times where you may be doing a study um, and going through it, and there may be some things that you may not totally agree with, um, but I'm not totally in agreement with how he presented the topic tonight, but it doesn't mean that it's not a valid study. Just two different views. It doesn't change who Christ is and what Christ came to do, but two different views on forgiveness. The majority of it, I and him are in agreement to. But there's one point that he points out that I'm not in agreement with, and it doesn't mean that you don't. It doesn't mean you have to be in agreement or not be in agreement, but because. I, I teach, I share, I encourage you all. I need to kind of make you all aware that I don't, I'm not 100% buy-in on what he's talking about um, when it comes to forgetting. Now, in saying that, let me lay a foundation about forgetting. I do agree that forgiveness is not forgetting. I believe there are two separate processes that take place in order for one to become whole. But in that, we understand, and what I've shared with you and I encourage you all in, is this new life in Christ. I'm to consider my old self dead, but alive in Christ. I'm a new creation. And in this newness, I have the fullness of living life as God has purposed it for me. So, coming from one who has been wounded since a kid, harboring a lot of unforgiveness, hurt, being molested, being great being going through just emotional pain and hurts going through abandonment issues going just through a lot of stuff as we talked about before the old nature is all encased in here I can talk about it and I can share about it so in a way, I haven't forgotten, but when you hear me say that forgive and forget, it's to hold, don't hold the charges continually against that person because I have forgiven, so in that I can forget it. Because if I remember it, and I keep remembering it, and I keep thinking upon it, then it's going to trigger a lot of emotional, it could, emotional issues in me. That could lead me back to being a victim. Lead me back 
stunting my growth and maturing in Christ. I'm choosing to forget it. I'm choosing to keep it nailed with everything else of my old nature. But in that, I also wouldn't, if someone was abusing me or hurting me or whatever, and I forgive them and, and I'm choosing to remember it no more, I also know that I'm not ignorant. I'm not still going to allow, pretend like, oh, it never happened, you know, and act like, you know, keep abusing me, keep doing it to me. You know, no, you, you grow and you mature, and as you're growing and maturing in Christ, you set up healthy boundaries, you set up healthy relationships. But we're choosing to remember no more. So then I took his comment that God never forgets doesn't forget our sins. So I had to go look through scripture and remind myself of all the scriptures that he says that he will remember them no more. And so his take on this as I was been reading up on him and the study is that God is omniscient and so God knows all and sees all so how can an omniscient God forget things? You know. And then Yes, to me, he is, but then, like, I can, that's why I somewhat kind of agree with what he says here, that he will not take our past offenses and use them against us in the future. But I choose to believe, too, that that doesn't, me hearing that God remembers him no more, doesn't strip him of being all omniscient, all-knowing. Because what Christ did on the cross, the payment was paid. And so he looks on us now, not of the old, but of the new. And so it's kind of a gray area when we talk about forgetting. Because you want to, I want to encourage y'all to be able to forget it. Don't remember it. Don't I, and in that, and in saying that, again, it's always going to be there, but it's not going to be your focal point as it would as a wounded individual that's always focusing on it. So hopefully that makes sense. Because I really had to sit back as I was reading through this and going, well, no, I don't want, I don't want to have to dismiss God in the sense of that, oh, he remembers my sins. Um, but that, no, the word from Old Testament on, it talks about how he forgets them. He chooses to remember them no more. As far as the east is from the west. You know, and then even in Hebrews um, chapter 8 verse 12, I'm going to read that. So I started going off all these different rabbit trails, trying to figure out kind of, what does the Bible say, and what are others saying about this topic? But Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12 says, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. So, point for us, as I'm hoping we'll take away from tonight, is the process of forgiving, there is a process of forgetting the wrongs that have been done to you. And again, 
doesn't mean you're oh pretending like you never well it never happened you know the wrong that happened to you happened it's just that by forgetting it you're leaving it for what's behind like I'm not going around all day remembering I'm a homosexual I was a homosexual I could talk and say that's how I lived my life but I'm not going to keep remembering that I was homosexual because if that's my focal point then I'll be a homosexual you know, whatever the old nature is whatever consisted of all of that I've dealt with and, and we face it and we move on and we repent and we allow the healing of, of our Lord to, to heal us from the deep from the deep within and bring forth this new creation because as you think so you go. So I choose to put it aside. I choose to forget the offense. I choose not to remember. You know, I choose to release it. Because if I harbor it, or if I give it room, or if I give it ground in my life, it will begin to define me somehow, some way. I'll have trust issues. I'll have all these weird, warped things going on. <coughs> and that's not what God has for us. So when I can read the Word of God, and it says that God remembers them no more, that this is, and again, not for anything I've done or you've done, but because of Christ, because what He has accomplished. It's only through Christ that we are forgiven. And that's where I want to start with this paper that I passed out to you all, is that even before we can talk about being forgiven, we must first understand it from the source of the one, and I'm reading from the paper, who ultimately forgave us. In and of ourselves, we do not have the will or the power to forgive. So in and of yourself, you can't conjure this up. You don't have it. We wouldn't. But... Like the song stated, Jesus made a way for us, and that way cannot be walked out in our own nature. No, it must be one walked in the Spirit. The Word of God declares in Galatians 5.16, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature of the flesh. And these are my writings. So it says, I've said it before, the flesh only knows how to do one thing, and that is to die. So it drags us towards the things that feed us death, and one thing that the flesh drags us to and we feast off of is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is sin in our lives and it needs to be dealt with. And the only way to deal with sin is to repent of it. A true repentance, which is a turning away from sin and allowing Jesus to bring healing and wholeness to an area of our life. It is an act of denying self and becoming dependent on the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through you. So how do we put hands and feet on this? How do we walk this out? We must first look to the one that forgiveness flows from, our Savior Jesus. If you don't know him personally and haven't surrendered to him, will I'm sorry, haven't surrendered to his will, then this lesson will be of no value to you because you're trying to walk this out in the flesh, and again, nothing is gained 
by walking in the flesh. So I stress again, this must be walked out in the Spirit. So before we move on, is there anyone, and you all have already accepted Jesus, at least that's what you have stated. So basically that's where you start with, the acceptance of Christ, receiving His forgiveness, allowing Him to be Lord of your life. So knowing that you all sitting in this room have made that declaration, and I hope it to be genuine in each of your lives, um, since we all have declared that Jesus is Lord, then let's look at how he forgave. Well, before we look at that, let's look how he came to a place where his will had to come into an agreement with the will of the Father. And we've already seen that scene, if you've seen the movie, The, the, the Passion of Christ, but if not... It's a scene taken from Matthew 26, verse 36, and 40 through 46. So focusing on verse 42, where Jesus declared, My Father, it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it. May your will be done. So in order to learn to forgive, then our will must surrender it unto the Lord's will. I love in the scene we, we watched, or we've seen in the Passion of the Christ, how the enemy was portrayed, and how in the end Jesus strengthened through prayer, stood up, and crush the head of the serpent. Your flesh and the enemy of your soul will love for nothing more than for you to hold on to your unforgiveness. They will make you think you have a right to hold on to the offense, but as a child of God you have no rights to self. You are dead to self and alive in Christ. Death is never easy, but freedom is gained from learning how to die to self. The dictionary definition of forgive is to cease to feel resentment against an offender. To pardon one's enemies. Jesus cried out from the cross in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He had every right to hold it against them, but he recognized their ignorance, and he understood the Father's heart as one of restoration. He knew that the cross was set before him, and he knew that through it that he would be reconciling fallen men back to God, at least for those who would accept this free gift. The only way to God is through Jesus. John 14, I mean 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Romans 5, 1 declares, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace, and God, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We must understand that God's heart is a heart to see not only ourselves, but others restored. Living in unforgiveness, there is no wholeness or restoration, only brokenness and bitterness. So like Jesus, we must see the offense against us as made out of ignorance, and not only what, and not only what we want to see ourselves. Healed and restored, but to see the one or those who committed the offense restored. In Matthew 6, 43-48, Jesus states, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. These just can't be words. This has to be a believer's lifestyle. The life of a Christian is 24-7. It's not when we want to turn it on and turn it off. It's who you are. We are not called to be wounded doormats, but we are called to be victorious ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors of his kingdom. Not living for self, but allowing him to live in and through us. We are to be as people that are maturing in our faith and not entangled in sin, especially the sin of unforgiveness. How can we call ourselves Christians if we hold unforgiveness in our hearts? By holding on to sin of unforgiveness, we spit in the face of God and declare that we are greater than Him and that sending His Son to redeem us and empowering us with His Spirit wasn't enough to free us. 
No, if we belong to him and we are his witnesses, then we live so that our lives bring him glory. I know some of you may say, but you have no clue what has been done to me. But I would say you have no clue what has been done to me. And I determined long ago not to be defined by what was done to me or by my past. When I gave my life to Jesus, I did just that. I gave my life for this new life in him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 declares, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. And when, you, when I read the old has gone, that's everything of your old nature. That's all the offenses and the wounds and all the scars and junk of, of your old person. You're considering it all dead. And in that death, you're releasing all of those who were your, your captors. Who wounded you, who hurt you. Who set out to do things to you, to destroy you. <coughs> but you release all of that. And in that release, and, and forgiving them and releasing them from that, you, you put it out. It's not a focal point, it's not a thought, it's not something you're continually focusing on. It's a new way of living. I'm speaking from experience, not just speaking out of not going through the process. Is it easy? No. The flesh wants the rights, but trust me, living as a free person is worth going through the pain of dying to self. Jesus understands our weaknesses, but he doesn't condone them. He has made a way for us to be freed from them. He has defeated sin and death, and as Romans 8.2 declares, because through Christ Jesus the law, or the power of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit of life, set me free from the law, power of sin and death. Will we be like the disciples that deserted Jesus when he was teaching them that he was the bread of life? That is found in John 6.25-71. As with any teaching of total dependence on Christ, dying to self, and repenting of sin can be hard for us to understand. And we too may be like the ones that stated, stated, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? And the word states many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. But Jesus didn't chase after them or dumb down, down his message of freedom. No, he looked to the twelve and asked, you do not want to leave too, do you? And Peter replied, and this should be our reply, when lessons become too hard to understand or hard to apply, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus is our example, and he calls us to come follow him because he has walked this out. He has paid the price, and he is seated in the place of authority at the right hand of the throne of God. He has empowered us with his spirit to teach us and to comfort us and to guide us as we are maturing in him. We can trust that he has made a way for us to be people who forgive and who are freed from offense and bitterness. Here are some more scriptures on forgiveness to help us focus our eyes on him as we go through the process of learning to forgive and maturing as as maturing in this as Christians. Mm-hmm. Carrie, can you read these scriptures? Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Psalms 25, 7. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy mercy. Remember 
thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Ezekiel 18, 21 through 22. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live and shall not die. All his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. And his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. Isaiah 43, 25-26 Even I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance, let us plead together, declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Romans 4, 7-8 Saying, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. John 1.29 The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Ephesians 1.7 In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of grace. <coughs> Micah 7.18-19 Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth? iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage he retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy he will turn again he will have compassion upon us he will subdue our iniquities and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea what, what an, so, oh, yeah. so what an awesome God forgiveness starts with him when we fully have an understanding of the price that was paid for our sin and how we have been forgiven, then we can begin the process of forgiving others. You can't give what you don't have. And so I encourage them, I taught this, but I am encouraged now, for this week, meditate on this truth and allow this to become your truth. Receive freely what the Lord has for you. We will pick up next week looking at examples of forgiveness in the Word, then in the end of the week, I'm sorry, the week after, that summing up points of application. Um, we can take from this lesson and begin to allow the Holy Spirit work in us to where it becomes our lifestyle. Be accountable to someone. Transparency, transparency is the only way to, way to true freedom. First to God, then to man. There is nothing to hide. Be real and hunger for freedom. And here are some points to take away from tonight's lesson. First, look to the one that forgiveness flows from, our Lord Jesus. Our will must be surrendered unto the Lord's will. Walk this out in the spirit. There's no room for the flesh. We need to be strengthened in prayer. We are to have an active prayer life in constant communion with the Father. See the offense committed against you as an offense made out of ignorance. And have a heart to not only see yourself healed and restored, but the one or ones who committed the offense healed and restored too. And then holding on to unforgiveness is an old way of life. Remember you are a new creation. There is a new way to live. Self has no rights. Mature in your new life in Christ. Walk it out. And settle now within yourself that you are not going back, but you are committed to Christ and that you are remaining in Him. And I want to go back to that one point where it says, See the offense committed against you as an offense made out of ignorance. And have a heart to not only see yourself healed and restored, but the one or ones who committed the offense healed and restored too. And again, I'm bringing all this up because before we go into tonight's lesson, there is a point in here that I'm not in agreement with him on. 
not saying you have to be in agreement with me or that you have to be in agreement with him. Again, it's not taking away of who Christ is and what Christ has come to do. We just have two different points on what about forgetting. Now, I agree that forgiveness is not forgetting because each of them are, are its own process, but by both of them, it makes you whole. And so again, like I said earlier, yet though I, I know all that stuff is still in me, the hurts, the pains, I can recount of the days I was molested or raped or beaten or this or that or this or that. But the difference is, is that if I speak of them, I speak of them now in a way that will glorify God and what he, how he brought me through it so that it doesn't still define me. In and of myself, the newness of Christ, I have forgotten what was done to me as I have forgiven. So as I freely forgave, I freely forget. I see that it was done out of ignorance. I see that it was done out of the, the, the old nature, that old beast that loves nothing but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if I have been freely pardoned, then I want to freely pardon others so that their, whatever they did to me, I'm still not under. And I pray for them that they would be healed. I pray that they would come to Jesus and receive the fullness of forgiveness because there's nothing like Jesus' forgiveness. That's the forgiveness that will transform your life when you're truly free. And that's what we're talking about, freedom. So I didn't want to go into tonight's lesson and get to this point because the majority of you have heard me talk about forgetting. I truly believe, again, I'm, I'm holding not the account against them. I'm, I, I forgot it. I don't, I don't think upon it anymore. You know, I don't, I don't walk around, you know, wondering and remembering what was done to me. Because if I'm remembering it, and if I keep continuing bringing it back before me, I'll start thinking upon it. I'll start acting out on the thoughts that I'm thinking upon it. And so I just wanted to kind of lay that out for tonight. That yet though, his point is, is that it is not about forgetting, and God doesn't forget our sins. He just promises not to take our past offenses and use them against us in the future. You know, I want to believe truly what the Word of God says. You know, that when, when I read the Word and it declares that He forgets them, He remembers them no more, then I take that at for what it says. You know, that just because He's an omniscient God and He knows all, that doesn't strip him of that quality or of who he is because he chooses to pardon me and forget you know my sin again not because of me but because of Christ and that's the only way that I can choose to forget is because of Christ because again it all starts with him freely we receive and as we're growing and as we're maturing and as we everything else we're in total agreement with. I'm totally in agreement with all of this. Because we're talking about freedom. But that just didn't settle right within me. 
And so I had to really go look through scriptures. I had to go look through my past teaching on forgiveness. I had to pray, and I, and I spent time in prayer this week and asked God, you know, am I in error? And I did more. It was just being con, con, confirmed that it's not in error because the Holy Spirit worked this through me through these years. And if I say, I forgive you, oh, but I'm not going to forgive, then I'm still hard, I'm still identifying with that pain. And so now I would rather forget it. And I know technic, technicality, or is that the word? Technically. Um, well, you're not really forgetting it because you, you can bring it up, you can talk about it. But in saying I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting and not holding it against that person anymore. Like, it's gone. Like, I don't, it's not, it's done. So hopefully that makes sense to y'all, but I didn't want us to go into tonight and and get to that part and go, what does that say in there? And again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't need you all to agree with me. I don't need us to say, oh, well, okay, because that's what you said. No, you have to, you, you pray and let God walk you through your own way. But I can only tell you as, as your pastor and as your friend and, you know, want to encourage all of us to keep maturing and growing that I truly believe. And I've seen evidence of fruit, not only in my lives, but some lives that I've ministered to, to, to come to an understanding of what it means to not only to forgive, but to forget. Did you write this? That paper? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, I was just, I was wondering. That's my teaching. I thought yeah. it was. I thought this was your teaching. Yeah. And, and I know I came in a little late, sorry, but I was trying to get as quick as I could. Well, you're fine. Um, but I agree with that, because if, I think with the way I saw it when I was looking at this was that, again, in, in, the, in the natural mind, you're not going to forget, because you can bring it up any time, but that's a choice, is what I had to look at it as, and also that if I have forgiven someone, bringing it to the glory of God of what's taken place... I would expect if I brought it up in an anger way or in a way that brings up, dredges up old stuff, then I have not at that point. It's like my flesh is in the way, and it's not the spiritual thing that we always talk about. Right. Um, one of this right here, when, when you wrote this right here, which really caught my attention, I know some of you may say, but you have no clue what has done to me, but I would have to say to you, no clue what has, what has, has done to me you know, yourself, and I determined long ago not to be defined by that. It's funny because in my spirit, the Lord told me, and he says, and you have no idea what, and, and when you think this way, when you say I have no clue of what has been done to me, when I remember, I mean, you have walked mm-hmm. me through that many nights when I've just yep. come over here and just really ticked, and you're like, I do know. It's not a secret. We all know because you won't let it go, pretty much. But what hit me when you said that, it was like, but you don't know. At that point, when I'm saying that, it's like that Jesus is saying that you don't know what I've done for you. Yeah. You don't know what I've done for you. That when you're back there saying that you don't know what's been done to you, I know everything. I've got. I'm, I know what's been done to you. I, I wasn't over here taking care of caring. Oh wow, what happened to me? That you know, you need to understand what I've done for you. Yeah. Therefore, what has been done to you has been defined by what you know. It doesn't have to be defined by your past. And it's time to let it go. So it really kind of resonated with me on that. Um, but I really, because of that 
part that I always hold on to, that's a, that, that I had always held on to, I should say, it shackled me for so long to where coming over here, it was like, oh, good God, here she comes again. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure, but, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's a process that I had to go through yep. over and over just to be told myself because I was in such a dark place. Yep. Um, and that's, it has to be forgotten, again, maybe not physically, but spiritually. Yeah. You know what I'm mean, saying? And that, that's, I guess it, maybe it makes sense, but the way I have to look at that is that, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to. And then also, though, and so we know, too, in saying that, like, I wouldn't let someone keep abusing me. So it's not like you're, you're telling someone, oh, forget it and just keep being abused. No. no you know, no. you forget it, but as, again, it's a whole process of freedom. It's a, it's a whole process of growing and maturing because as you're growing, as you're maturing, you're learning how to build healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. You're learning how to, you know, maneuver through this fallen world with fallen people and not be tainted by it, you know. You have the newness of life now, and so, yes, you forget it, you know, but it's not this weird, like, oh, it never happened to me, oh, it never happened to me. No, it happened to you, and that's the whole point of releasing it, it's the whole point of saying but that nature, that with whom it happened to, I'm not going to harbor anything that's going to give me the right to myself. I'll forget, I'll forgive, and I'll move on. I'll press on into what, what Christ Jesus has for me. You know, I will not continue to be defined by what's over here. So anyone else Thank want you. to... Uh, Say anything on that, or you have something else on that? Oh, no, no. I'm looking just, for one more scripture I just I wanted really, to bring up. really, that part, just when you, I remember when you spoke about this, that part really got me where it was like, but what I've done for you is more, you know, and that's what I had to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? No thoughts about that? A lot. <laughs> been like a few times where I've thought um, I've let certain things go and then something has happened with that same person and I might feel a inordinate amount of rage <laughs> that makes me think oh well Maybe that wasn't really gone. So, and... I know, like, with, um... 
like with Rick and with Ray, I had to, um, that was really hard. And sometimes, you know, I can, I think it's, I have to question myself because it's easy for me to dismiss them. You know, it's just, for me, it's always been harder if somebody has done something to someone that I love to let go of that. And, um, you know, I, God put it to me like, um, and I know I've told you guys before, we were having a Bible study at work. It had nothing to do with forgiveness. And the weekend before that, I had had like a band-aid, you know, like a scab rip, ripped off and I started bleeding all over because um, I think it was because of Ray, but anyway, I was at the, you know, we were at the Bible study, sitting there, not talking about forgiveness, nothing, and then I just felt the Lord impressed on me, like, feel the their, their sin is no worse in my eyes than the sin of your children, and I was just like, were we just talking about that? Because this Bible study has nothing to do with forgiveness, Lord. Nothing. But um, I remember it just like really pierced me. And it made me, it made me realize that, you know, okay, I really do need um, to forgive. And I think that sometimes with certain situations I've, stuffed it down as opposed to really like releasing it. Philippians 3. <clears throat> verse 12. Actually verse 13, but let's start at verse 12. Paul says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or I have already reached, per reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Note, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, and I look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. And so I love that when he declares. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. And let that be our aim. Because anything that we bring in to this newness of life that we think that we're going to allow it to kind of just coexist with us in the newness in Christ, it will be a hindrance. It will hinder our freedom. And so, it starts here in Ephesians 4 tonight, verse 31 through 32, and I really hope that 
you all have an understanding of what I, I'm sharing. If not, then let's meet one-on-one, let's talk about it. But I really hope that it, it made some sense for you. But Ephesians 4, verse 31 through 32. Ariana, can you read that nice and loud? Forgiving from the heart is the most important decision as Christians that we can make in order to experience our freedom in Christ. Most of us know that as Christians we should forgive, but few of us fully understand what forgiveness is and how to forgive others from the heart. Some of us are reluctant to forgive because to do so would mean letting go of the desire to seek revenge. Others of us hold on to anger and unforgiveness with the false expectation that this will protect us in the future. Forgiveness begins with God, and the love, mercy, and grace that we have received from God, we are to extend to others. Alright, so Gilda, our need to extend and receive forgiveness. Um, If you'll read A and B, and um, Yvette, would you go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24? And I like, hold on, Gilda, I'm going to have her read the scriptures before you read yeah Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 through 24 so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you leave your sacrifice there at the altar go and be reconciled to that person then come and offer your sacrifice to God alright go to just A for now Seeking the forgiveness of others. If we have sinned against another person, we must not act as though we have done nothing wrong when the Holy Spirit is convicting us otherwise. We should go to that person with a repentant heart, seek his or her forgiveness, and offer to make reparations. All right. Yvette, could you read Matthew 18, verse 21 through 35? And then after her reading, Gilda, if you would read B. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered him, ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, 
and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Justice. Justice is rightness or fairness. It is giving someone what he or she deserves. The consequence of sin is spiritual death and eternity apart from God. And because we sin, that is also what we deserve. Mercy. Thankfully, God is merciful and sent Jesus to pay the price for our sins. God provided his own son to pay for our sins with his very life. Mercy is not giving us what we deserve. Grace. Not only was God merciful to us in providing Jesus for our salvation, he also continually shows us grace by giving us what that which we do not deserve. Alright, so any points of application that you could take away from just the opening here? Um, from the scripture, from Ephesians, um, I think the part that stuck out to me the most was um, where it says God in Christ. Because um, I thought that was just, I always thought that was a strange wording. Just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Because um, it also, it almost sounds like to me it should be God and Christ. And so I was like, well, what does that mean, God in Christ? Um, but as I was thinking about it and meditating on the scripture, what I wrote down to the side um, with an arrow as I underlined God in Christ. Um, it's almost like the word in could also be substituted for the word through, like God through Christ, like Christ was the forgiveness. Um, so through Christ, he has forgiven us. So Christ represents the forgiveness there. Um, so that made thinking about it in that way um, made the verse uh, stick out to me differently. Um, and from the little paragraph there, the word paragraph, um, things that stuck out to me in there were um, letting go of the desire to seek revenge. Um, and that unforgiveness has this false expectation that it will protect us in the future. And those are two things that um, really hit home with me. Um, even though that I don't really see myself as a vengeful person, um, like a blatantly vengeful person, um, I think that in our subconscious we can do things at times. Um, 
to sort of seek revenge in our own little ways um, with manipulation or with, um, I don't know, just, just in, in subtle ways. It doesn't have to always be like like the show Revenge that I used to watch. They took it off the air, which I don't understand because it was a good show. But um, it doesn't always have to be these blatant like plots of revenge. Like there are also these subtle subconscious things that we can do that is our, like our own way of getting back at people, if you will, for things that they have said or things that they have done or things that they have, have uh, you know, that we have taken offense to over the years. So um, it's recognizing that we have that within us and that we have to let go of that desire and in some way thinking that that will protect me from the future if I have this hardness within myself by always kind of being on the offensive that it keeps me from being hurt in the future. Um, and then from point A, um, the part where it says that the Holy Spirit is convicting us otherwise, um, it says, well, it doesn't make sense if I don't read the whole sentence. If we have sinned against another person, we must not act as though we have done nothing wrong when the Holy Spirit is convicting us otherwise. What that did was just remind me that the Holy Spirit is constantly active in our lives and he's constantly um, pointing things out to us and so uh, we can think that sometimes I think that we think the Holy Spirit is some, someone who just kind of runs in and runs out of our life but yet the Holy Spirit is there all of the time and um, so that was just a good reminder to me that all of the time that we should be open to whatever the Holy Spirit has for us and that he's an active source in our life. And from point B, um, I, what I wrote to the side of the scripture, uh, the Matthew 18 scripture, was that we need to recognize that it's talking about um, other believers, that we need to make sure that we, we understand that, that it's, that, you know, it's called them like brothers and sisters like we're talking about other Christians other believers that we're in trouble if we refuse refuse to believe refuse to forgive other believers and then um, just the difference in all of them and I don't like it when people use the same definition for two words and he kind of did that here with mercy and grace because he says mercy is not giving us what we deserve and then grace by, by giving us that which we do not deserve. And I always learned that mercy was not giving us what we deserve and grace is unmerited favor. So I was like, well, either that's a typo or he's just repetitive. <laughs> and he didn't have a better definition. But I, so that's, I was just, I corrected him in my book <laughs> because I was like, that's not the definition of grace, but whatever. Um, so anyway. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's going to be another point mm -hmm. um, just for to really look at really the definition of grace mm -hmm. and, and what it means. Mm -hmm. um, and then I love these scriptures that you read, Yvette, because it's, it's, a, it's a great reminder, especially when you read the first one of Matthew 5 where you're told, like, before you come and present mm -hmm. your worship, your offering, if you wrong someone go make it right and as the Holy Spirit is convicting you you don't want to 
harden yourself to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, because that leads to a life that grieves the Holy Spirit. And we're called not to live lives that grieve the Holy Spirit. If you're in error, then repent. Be healed. And go reconcile with others. And then this other one, um, it's, it's again, here this guy was forgiven. And then in return, as soon as there was one that had done him wrong, you know, he was hard on him. So it is with us that we've been forgiven. So who are we to go out there and press up against someone else for what they've done to us or what they've caused to us? It doesn't work that way. So, any other thoughts before we move on? I know that um, because I've harbored unforgiveness for a long time mm-hmm. on a few people, and I am not a nice person when I do it, and I don't really care when I'm in that frame of mind. Um, and, you know, and I do know that it's a very dangerous place to be because mm-hmm. God will still let you go talk to people mm-hmm. and go do things. But let me tell you, that one time that he convicted me, I'm telling you, it was like I never, I will, if i am been asked to speak now, I will absolutely tell them I, will, I can't speak because there is something in my life that I need to deal with with God. So you're going to have to get somebody else to do it. Or we can pray, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I will never, because he will use you. Well, he'll allow you to be using yourself, if you will. And, uh, and, and that's pride to me. And that's a very dangerous place to be, to where, I mean, and, and I had just said this today, I was so grateful that I'm still alive. Because those years back there that I was speaking, and I've spoken a long, long time, probably for 20-something years now. And that, that much anger and unforgiveness and that much hatred and that much... I'm telling you, the last 10 years, even though since I got injured, I lost something in me. But if you'd have caught me five years before that with the anger and that, I'll tell you about yourself that quick. And still, you know what I'm saying, and still go out there and speak. And that... You, I, I just will not say something happened because I had to do a conference this week and, and Lily was well I guess I shouldn't say any names but anyway this person was there and um, I needed to do something and there was a thing you know, before there had been all these problems so I went so here's this you know, and she snatched this stuff out of my hands and, and, and my reaction when you snatch you're that close to me and snatch it's just an automatic drawback and I caught myself, and I just kind of looked at her and smiled, and I could feel it rise up. And I thought, oh my goodness, you can't do this. And I mean, I was ready to absolutely blow. And I had asked, been asked to volunteer at West, and then Elaine and them, these other people, had said, you know, we had left, and hey, it's like, my gosh, how, how awful you get treated by her, yet you will just smile and say, well, if there's anything I can do, da da da. And I, I just looked at him, I said, because I have to be a witness. I can't go back there again, because if I go back there again, it'll open up a door that's going to be worse than it could ever be for me than it was before. And I was just blessed right here, because I wrote in here that God first forgave me. Mm-hmm. 
And no matter if I want to snatch a knot in you or not, I have no right to do that. And he first forgave me, and I have to walk away from this. Because back there, I'm lucky to still that he has spared my life, that if I had died back there, it would have been all over with. I don't even know who you are. And I'm telling you, we it's such a false sense sometimes and to parade around like we are, and I use that because of what I did, to parade around acting like, okay, I'm, I'm doing God's work, I'm doing this, but I also have a right to feel this, this, and this, and I really, really didn't. And I just, I just, I just know that that was a very dangerous place mm -hmm. to be, to not be forgiving and yet be out here talking about him. And, and I don't even know how people, many people did know, I don't know, but the bottom line is, is that he will allow you to be used, and I've always told people, if he can use an ass, he can use me. He can make that donkey speak. That's right, and, and, and the bottom line is, is, but that donkey has a better chance than I would of being a hypocrite, being out there doing what I was doing. So, and that really hit me on this with the forgiveness thing, because... You know, and that when and I always got to go back to Sarah and I, because yep. that to me was the most incredible moment in my life, yep. and I'm sure for her too. When when it just was all released was in the living room, you know, uh, that was the first time I realized that I could be safe enough to go ahead and mm -hmm. say, "Look, I'm sorry if I did anything. <coughs> I don't know what it was," and that was a safe time for me even though I knew it may come back and I didn't know what was going to come back could have been something very something I didn't know about but that's when I first realized that oh my god you have to you have to go to people and say this you know so that's what I got out of that part good. of it alright so what forgiveness is not Gilly you want to read ABC mm -hmm. it is not forgetting God doesn't forget our sins, but he has promised he will not take our past offenses and use them against us in the future. It is not tolerating sin. Jesus forgives, but he doesn't tolerate sin, and neither should we. It is not denying our pain. Forgiveness is not stuffing our emotions or denying our pain. If we are going to forgive from our hearts, we have to do so from our hearts which means acknowledging the hurt and the hate we feel. What forgiveness is? Um, Yvette, can you go to Ephesians 4, 31-32? And Ariana, after she reads the scripture, if you'll read point A. <coughs> Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead... Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. It is agreeing to live with the consequences of someone else's sin. Everybody is living with the consequences of somebody else's sin. We are all living with the consequences of Adam's sin. The only real choice is to live with the consequences of their Sin in the bondage of bitterness or in the freedom of forgiveness. Alright, Romans 12, 19 through 21. Yvette, would you read that? And then when she reads that, Ari, take on letter B.
Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures saying, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. It is letting God be the avenger. God will meet. Meet. Like he will dispense punishment. Like he will allot it and give it out. God will meet out justice in his time, which is usually later than we would like it. Our responsibility is to be like Christ and live out the law of life. Alright, you bet. Galatians 6, 1 through 2, and then RE point C. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. It is bearing one another's burdens. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will gently restore the offender. The burden we are asked to carry consists of the consequences of their sin. And then Carrie, would you read Dietrich Bonhoeffer's quote? Yes. <laughs> the law of Christ, which it is our duty to fulfill, is the bearing of the cross. My brother's burden, which I must bear, is not only his outward lot, his natural characteristics and gifts, but quite literally his sin. And the only way to bear that sin is by forgiving it in the power of the cross of Christ, in which I now share. Thus, the call to follow Christ always means a call to share the work of forgiving men their sins. Forgiveness is the Christ-like suffering which it is the Christian's duty to bear. Alright, for that portion in the application that you can mature in. Well, like you said, when I was uh, going through this, as soon as I read point A, I went, oh my goodness. Like, I was like, that. Com- it is now forgetting, like, all we ever hear is forgiveness is is forgetting. Like, we even talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it so much last week. Like, last week was beautiful. And I was, as I was doing my homework this week, I was like, well, this is uncomfortable. Like, this is, this is so awkward. Um, but actually from that point, you know, I just, I was like, okay, well, we'll just, I, I didn't know what to think when I read that. I was like, well, that's weird because... It actually is forgetting, and all, all, a lot of those scriptures that, that you were saying, it was like, well, God clearly does say that he forgets, you know, um, and he knows them no more. You know, all of that was coming to my head, and I was like, well, Lord, if he doesn't forget, then I'm in a lot of trouble. But um, but what I did underline something from, the, from point A there, um, and this was something for all of us. And where it says that he will not take our past offenses and use up use them against us in the future. Amen. And I really think that that is something that we can all apply to forgiveness. Yes. You know, whether or not whatever we do with the word forget. Right. You know, let's throw that word out for the point of this discussion right now. 
and say that that is a good point. Yes. You know, not taking a past offenses and using them against in the future. Yes. Because I think we've all done that. When, you know, in, in anger or when we are not where we need to be in dealing with somebody, usually those that are closest to us, we will pull something out from the past and use it as ammo. And that's not forgiveness because that does not create a safe environment. And it just, it opens old wounds and it makes the other person feel like, okay, maybe I will never be able to get past that, you know? And it also shows them that you truly haven't gotten past that and, and should show you, you know? And sometimes you think you've gotten past it and then all of a sudden you're pissed and you pull it out and... You're like, well, well, maybe I haven't let that die. Um, but I did like point B, you know, and that's another point that we need to apply just as Christ did. That there, and Rob mentioned this earlier, um, you know, that you're not going to, like, you were talking about, like, abuse. Like, you're not going to continue to be abused. But, yes, there's forgiveness, but you don't have there is like a boundary issue. Doesn't mean that you keep tolerating the sin, either from yourself or from someone else. You know, like there has to be some sort of boundary. You know, as like we were talking about last week. You know, that doesn't when you forgive someone who's hurt you, that doesn't mean you have to keep them in your life if it's an instance of abuse or if they're not in a place where they're willing to be made whole or repent or or respect your boundaries yeah it's okay yeah and I thought that that was a great point you know that you know I always have to go like I really think that my dad is a solid grounded person and my dad comes from a home of abuse and his father was abusive and he did not harbor any hatred or ill will towards his father however he did not allow his family, meaning my mother and me and my brother, around his father. Because he knew the type of man that his father was. Mm-hmm. So he did not have anger or unforgiveness towards his father. However, there were boundaries mm-hmm. where he was not going to put wisdom. his family in harm's way. You know, that was... So it's like, when I think about that, that's what I think about it. Just, just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you have to be ignorant and say, here, let's, you know, let's let it happen all over again. Well, it's like my sisters. I forgive my sisters. Right. I hold no record wrong against them, but I have enough wisdom to know that I can keep them at a distance and not have to pursue a relationship because I know the aftermath of everything because they're not willing to respect boundaries and to honor boundaries. And so we wouldn't want to stay in relationships no matter who it's with, you know. And that doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them. Like, it doesn't mean your dad didn't forgive his dad. Right. But there's wisdom enough to know that, no, there's, a, there's wisdom in maturing and growing, you know. And we don't always have to allow the the drama and the craziness and all the chaos that comes with stuff, you know, because that shouldn't have to be what's defining us anymore. Right. 
You know, so sometimes you have to walk away from relationships. Sometimes when they're not going to respect, you know, the fullness of, of, of Christ in your life and, and the growing and the maturing and the desiring. No, if people want to stay in the back, it reminds me, if they're not going to receive the message of truth, to shake the dust off and move on. I think so many times we cling to relationships because we so identify with them, rather they're good or bad. Mm-hmm. And we got to be very careful of that. And other people say, oh, well, you should yeah. you should make things right. Yeah. Well, Your family. Right, and say, no, well, things are right. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is if you look at, and I, I'm not, not just young people, I'm talking about people in general, even like that. I'll just use myself as an example again. I have to. But we're not teaching Nobody wants to talk about that you don't have to tolerate this, that you can speak up, you can have those boundaries, it is acceptable, it's just, you know, you have, well, I've forgiven, and I think everybody takes that forgiveness and draws this line of saying, you've forgiven, so whatever happens, you just deal with it, and that's not true, because you don't have to tolerate the sin, like your daddy, and, um, and yet use the wisdom that he has done. But I don't, you know, obviously you were taught this, but, you know, there's a lot of young people and people out here that are growing up in such dysfunction that they don't realize. I mean, we all grew up in some kind of nutcase stuff, but the bottom line is, is that you're absolutely right. There's boundaries, and yet nobody will speak about this part saying you do not have to tolerate this as a child, as a young teenager, as a young adult, as a middle-aged woman, as a 20-something-year-old woman, man, whatever. It, you can be forgiving, but you can separate yeah. in a healthy way. And that's what's so sad. Is and, and it says here, get rid of all of it, you know? And I read an article on Facebook the other day that says, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and Rob actually used a line from it on Sunday um, when he talked about the, um, submission, great submission comes from, great love or something like that. I, I probably messed up the line, but that's the gist of it. Um, but it came from something else he was talking about before. Um, but I read an article that was talking about um, abuse in the church um, in, in marriages and that they are basically twisting this and uh, saying, telling um, this was in particular speaking, you know, talking about women who were being abused by their husbands um, who are either on staff or in a pastorate position, and they're telling them, well, you need to love and forgive your husband, and, you know, keeping them in that cycle. But it's not, never is it said, you know, forgive and not tolerate, but it's forgive and remain. Because that's, you know, that's what, you know, and it was talking these crazy percentages of, of women who were being abused in the church, but it's being hidden. Um but anyway, and then from point C, um, I I really loved point C. And forgiveness is not... And because this, there's like an... Whenever there's truth... I mean, we talk about this here. Whenever there's truth, there's always a counterfeit. And C is the counterfeit, at least for me. Um, and C is something that I'm really good at. Um, forgiveness is not just stuffing our emotions and denying our pain. And C is not just telling yourself that you're over it, you know, and that it's just not going to affect you anymore, and that it's not a big deal, and that because then let something happen, and then it's going to just come out, and you're not going to be able to 
control what comes out of your mouth or whatever actions you might take or whatever. Um, so stuffing your emotions and your pain, just pretending it's not there. Um, so what I wrote, I underlined the last line, which says, which means acknowledging the hurt and the hate um, that we feel. And I was like, wow, the hate that we feel, you know, well, we're not supposed to hate, we're, we're Christians. You know, Christians don't hate, that's like a four-letter word for, for Christians. Well, when you have unforgiveness, there is hate in your heart. And you have to acknowledge that there's hate there, you know, and, you know, you're, you know, you can say that, that you have hate in your heart and not be afraid that, well, you know, somebody's going to think I'm going to go to hell. Um, because what I wrote out to the side was that with that, you face it and then you begin to heal. You can't begin to heal until you face anything. It's what I've shared, I think last week or sometime, that it's not about suppressing it. It's about dying to it. If I just suppress it, then that's what I'm doing. I'm stuffing my emotions and denying my pain. But if I'm going to die... If I'm going to die to it, then I have to face it. I have to call it out. I have to, in in, in a way, strip it of its rights over me. You know? Mm-hmm. That yes, it hurt. Yes, the abuse. Yes, the, the, the rape. Yes, everything. It hurt. But I strip it of its power by facing it. And going, but you don't control me anymore. I'm dead to it. Because of Christ. Because I'm a new creation. I've been whole. I am made whole. I am healed. I'm learning not to allow my brokenness to define me. I'm learning to allow His wholeness to define me. I'm learning to know who I am in Christ. And that man wasn't abused. That man wasn't this or that or this or that. I've been born again of a new nature. Now I'm going to talk about the old nature and I'm going to all just stay in the old nature and that's how I'll live out of. So again, it's not about suppressing things or like, oh no, no, I'm not. No, it's about calling them out. That's why I love the scripture in exposing the fruitless deeds of the darkness. Pull it out and get it out in the light. Expose it for what it is. And declare it. The, good, the, the faithfulness of Christ in your life. Of this newness of life that he has given you. That frees you from the hate and the pain and everything. But the first step is dealing with the pain. The first step is, and that's the hardest. And you've heard me say a lot, dying isn't easy. To die to something, to let it go, no matter if it's good or bad or whatever. Dying to it, 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 it's a process. And 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 it's a process that's painful. But through it comes life. Freedom. Because again, that's what we're talking about is being free. Of people that are genuinely free and having a desire to let other captives know there is a way out, and it's only through Christ. So we definitely have to be able to face and deal with the pain. But in doing so, don't stay stuck there. Don't allow that to be what consumes your heart and consumes your focus. 
facing it in and facing it died to it, and that's that's the key to victory. Well, part A under what forgiveness is, if I had to choose <clears throat> one paragraph out of this whole thing mm-hmm. that was the hardest for me, but yet the best thing for me, and I promise you, I got stuck on this paragraph. I didn't think I was ever going to finish. And this was like a short one. And I still didn't think I was ever going to finish this thing. Because I, I even wrote out to the side of that, just wow. And then I put an exclamation point. And it was, it was pain, this paragraph was painful for me. Because, um, just, just the title of it. It is, what forgiveness is. Because if you really think about it, and maybe, maybe y'all are not where I'm at. And so it's not that big of a deal to you. But this concept of thinking about it in this way, that it is agreeing to live with the consequences of someone else's sin, I had never thought about it in that way. And that absolutely, totally blew my mind. And I was like, well, that's completely what forgiveness is. And that's not a bad thing. You just have to be able to get to that point. You, and that's, if you're going to forgive your dad... You have to agree to live with the consequences of his sin and stop being mad about him. If I'm going to forgive whoever, I have to agree to live with the consequences. If Rob is going to forgive me for what I did, he still, to this day, is living with the consequences of my sin. He is. And he will probably continue as long as he is that crew. He will live with the consequences of my sin. And that is just, it blew my mind. As I was sitting, I was like, wow, that is what you, you have to get to that point. You have to agree to live with the consequences of the other person's sin to, in order to completely and fully forgive them. And I, love, I, that I love was, what it says there at the end of that. Is yeah, that I, because the real choice is to live with the consequences that either... Um, in the bondage of bitterness, yeah, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. in the freedom of forgiveness, because you're going to live with them either way, one way or another. Either in either the in the negative way that's going to eat you up, and you're just going to be hacked off about it for the rest of your life, which is going to destroy you physically, and then ultimately you're going to what you're harboring. You're actually going to put on someone else, right? So it's just a full continual process of destruction right. it's not till one really says no more you know and ends it you know because yeah it, it, it will be it, bitterness will eat you up and destroy you and it'll destroy everyone around you and even myself I'm still living with the consequences of my actions mm-hmm. but I have to agree in order to forgive myself completely mm-hmm. that I have to be okay with those consequences yes. And so when I face them every day, I can't be pissed off about it. That's right. I have to go, Carrie, this is a part of your consequences. This is because of this. And it's it's just the way it is. But there's grace and there's mercy yeah. In, yeah. in the process of that. Mm-hmm. And when that one got me too, it's interesting that when you said that, because um, the first person I thought, and it's maybe kind of weird, I thought of Adam and Eve. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting with and the I'm like, because yeah, it when it says Adam, that yeah. there, but I was thinking about the step that Adam took mm. when he knew. Mm. 
that, you know, he obviously had to forgive Eve. You know, and bottom line, vice versa, whoever, whatever. But it just hit me weird there because I thought, my God, all this started with the consequences of their sin, but they had to live and forgive for that as well. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting how, you know, it, it's like, yeah, it starts with them, but the bottom line is is when it's when it mentions that, you know, we're living with the consequences of Adam's sin, but yet he had to forgive Eve, he had to forgive him. I honestly believe that's where the first part of depression kicked in, too, because he lived a lot of years and had to recount this with all his grandkids. Mm -hmm. But, um, and, and, and then the, and knowing that, like, you, you couldn't have said any better that, you know, using examples, especially of forgiving myself, mm -hmm. you know, David and she with this the experience mm -hmm. that I've had, and, you know, these kind of things like that, you had to live with these consequences, these sins, yet knowing okay, yeah, I have to, but I choose life yeah. and to be able to accept the mercy and grace, but, yeah. You said something you yeah. brought up, it reminded me from the first session, the consequences of the fall. But praise be to God that just as one man brought in death right. into the world, okay. the second Adam, Christ, mm -hmm. brings life. Get out of here and forgave him. Yeah. The fullness of life. That's why we have to really grasp, if we're really going to understand freedom, is that our choices and our decisions from this day forth of, a, of, of claiming Christ to be our Lord have to be based out of coldness that's in Christ. It's of the new nature now. You're a product of His resurrection. You're not a product of the fall. You're not a product of that rebellious nature. You're not a product of the consequences of Adam and Eve any longer. You are now the product of the resurrection. This wholeness, this newness of life. And how freeing is that? So how to forgive from the heart. Gilda, can you read A and B for us? The healing process. We forgive in order to heal. The healing process cannot start. Cannot start, and reconciliation cannot take place until we face the crisis of forgiveness. In the steps to freedom in Christ, we encourage people to pray and ask God to reveal their minds. To reveal to their minds exactly whom they need to forgive. The temptation to revisit old pain. If we have successfully forgiven someone, we should be able to think about the person or see him or her without being emotionally overcome. This doesn't mean that we will like him or her, but forgiveness allows us to go to the other person with pure motives, the love of Christ. To maintain our communion with God, our prayer should be the following. Lord, I forgive for share every sin against you because it has made me feel and share how you feel about yourself, life, and God as a result of that person's sin. Right. Any thoughts on how to forgive from the heart? Yeah, I think it's good well, I, I like that he said um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to like that you know, like, you can forgive them and 
not have to embrace them in the, that way. And I think for a while I was like feeling bad that, you know, certain people are not my favorite people, you know, and not necessarily that I haven't forgiven them. But then I was feeling bad. I was like, well, you know, maybe I should, I shouldn't feel like, why am I still feeling the way I do? Like, you know, maybe not wanting to be one of them or whatever. But um, I think that that in itself is is healthy, you know, to be able to just like draw that boundary. And I um, I was thinking about this is. Um, the other part, but um, and others having to live with the consequence of, of your sin. And I know for me, um, and especially with especially with my daughters, I just feel like they um, are still dealing with the consequence of like many of the sins and mistakes that I made. You know, and that like is really hard as a parent to to watch. It's very so that for me, like, you know, there are things that I I've given to the Lord, and God just had to say, you know, there's nothing I can do about those things now, aside from, you know, try to point them in the right direction or whatever, but just seeing how sinful decisions can have, like, such an effect on, on people that you really love and just see the consequence, the consequences, those, you know, later in their lives. I think seeing with the, you growing up with alcoholism and stuff like that, um, I remember always, you know, I was always, I was always a little, rough around the edges, um, but I always used to say, I love my mom, but I don't like her, at that point, and you know, because you, she was still drinking on you, and yeah. I met her and stuff, um, and how bad, and it was bad, it was bad when I was younger, but I already had the kids at this point, but it was like, I loved her, but I didn't like her, because I didn't like what was going on, and I didn't like how it was affecting me, and that was one of those things that I had to cut ties her because of my children. And I told her, you know, no kids, no grandkids, no nothing around you in your life. And she finally, you know, 50-something years later, you know, 50 years older, in mid-50s, almost 60 maybe. Mm -hmm. But it was that, it was releasing her, but, and, and that part when it said you don't have to, that kind of got me too because I don't have, I didn't have to like what was going on during mm -hmm. that time. I could love her, and I didn't know anything about God back then, which was fascinating. <laughs> um, and the same with my dad, 
my real dad. You know, I, uh, you know, it, it was that idea of, yeah, I love him, but I don't have to like him type thing. But that wasn't a healthy mindset during that time. It wasn't the mindset that I needed, but it is good to see that, you know, you're not held, it's not held against you. But knowing that, you know, there's a way to do it now. If I'd have known it this way, I would have understood why. I didn't have to like the sin that she was in. But, um, and the things that happened with the men coming in and all that craziness. Um, but how to see it come full circle to where, you know, there is a hope and there is, you know, eventually, even if it takes, you know, almost 30-something years, 40 years before it happens, there's still a hope that, you know, and now it's okay. You know, because of what I know in Christ, I wish I'd have known all this when I was a kid. <laughs> it would have made it so much easier. But, um, you know, <laughs> but I was just like, okay, I'll just wing it. But, you know, and I, wing, I winged it pretty good. <laughs> and yet, that's the thing. When that, it almost kind of took a, you know, because of how dysfunctional I became. You know, even with, you know, my kids and stuff. You know, I mean, I wasn't, super mom and I wasn't the most affectionate mom. You know, I listen and I'm I'm kind of reaping the causes of that because, you know, when your kid's sitting in the dark and he says, why don't you ever tell us you love him? And I'm like, well, you guys know I love you. Yeah, I always do this. I'm going to pat you on the butt and tell you I love you. Give you kisses. And it's like, but you never say it. It'd just be nice to hear. And he was 10. And you see, it was because I didn't know how, and yet, you know, I had to, you know, and that's why, and sometimes I think, God, is it because I didn't say that, that whole, that night haunts me a lot, but, and now, but we still say we love each other and stuff like that, and yet, that was difficult, that was very difficult, because I didn't want to love them, I loved my kids, I just didn't need to tell you. You know, I don't need to tell you, look, you got this, you got that, we do this, we do that. I, you know, I mush on you and stuff like that. But it was, it was that learned behavior. And thank God, you know, one of them, <laughs> you know, Michelle kind of battles it. But the thing is, is you can see that generational, yeah. if it's not nipped in the bud. And I believe our children will nip that in the bud as they grow, you know, and go. So, um, and that's very difficult sometimes. But when it said here that you didn't have to like it, I was like, thank you. At least it was okay, you know. Well, how might the issue of forgiveness challenge someone who is not yet a Christian? Oh, (laughs) jeez. I think that they don't understand forgiveness of sins um, because and freedom and that mindset because it's a different mindset than the world, you know, because that's not what the world teaches. The world teaches, you know, you get back at, not to forgive. So the, the challenge is their way of thinking. Well, how can you demonstrate forgiveness to someone who does not yet know the Lord? And pray for them. Don't hold it against them. You can still... Um, I thought you can still have your heart and your mind renewed. Even if they're not a willing part of the forgiveness, you can still be freed and you can still um, be renewed in the situation. You don't have to stay bound 
um, but you can show them what it means to experience forgiveness, and maybe they can see that as an example in you. And others see that. Oh, yeah. Be an example to everyone. Because they'll see when somebody treats you, you know, ugly. How do you respond? And I'm telling you, people watch. Yeah. <laughs> it had, like I said this week, it was like, wow, I had no idea so many people watched, you know, were watching this whole situation, you know. So it's, it it's kind of interesting, you know. So we are an example whether, I mean, I just, it kind of woke me up to that. So yeah, I think just being careful, being a So do you agree that initially the crisis of forgiveness is between you and God rather than between you and the other person? Does it feel like that, and why? Well, I think that probably initially it, it is, because if you're not wanting to forgive someone, you're forgetting what you were forgiven of. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Sometimes it just doesn't seem like it's fair that you have to forgive the person. But, um, you know, it is what we should, what we should do. But I think that it just, you know, I, like, I don't initially think like, oh, I'm mad at someone. So right now I'm sinning against God, you know, or I have, not necessarily that I'm mad because it's okay to be angry, but I haven't forgiven them. So, but I'm not, in my mind, I'm, I'm not thinking, okay, well, I'm not forgiving them, so I'm in sin right now. Like, I don't automatically equate that necessarily. So I think that, you know, initially it is that that we do forget, that, you know, we have been forgiven, and, you know. Well, I think that one thing that we have to remember, and this was part of my answer, is that we are able to forgive because of God. Like, we don't have the capability no, to forgive sense. without God. So, even though no, my answer was no initially, I don't think that we think about God, but, yes, we should think about Him first, because we don't have the capacity to forgive without God. We are completely incapable of doing it. That's what I was saying earlier through the, the teaching that I read to you is you have to start there with God and the forgiveness that was displayed through Christ and what we have received because of that. And so if he's not withholding forgiveness... And he freely laid himself down so that we can receive it. Then who are we to then hold it or keep it from others? So it starts there first. So as I freely receive, I need to freely give. And allow that to be just active in our life day in. And day out, and it's you know, just a training your mind to think that way. Like, well, it's like what the Bible says: yeah. How does He transform us? By the renewing, by the renewing of our mind, the by you think. changing the way we think. And I think we need to 
I can only speak for myself, but I think I need to go to the count of ten before I react thing because yeah. sometimes I'm gonna tell you. Give it. I don't think about God right then because I was, <laughs> I and I mean it, it is a process. It's a learning process, and and because it depends on how what what it is, but I don't. I, I'm not gonna sit there and go. Well, let me see. Because I'm going to tell you, there's been a couple times this week it flared up, and I'm, God was the last thing on my mind, other than the fact I was like, mm, people are watching you, and you are a witness for Christ, and that, I guess that's God in my mind, but, you know, it doesn't always just pop up like that. It is, you know, and I'm evil, y'all know, I got that little attitude that I try to suppress, but again, you can't, I can't, you can't suppress, suppress it myself, it. Mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you, there you are days... Die to it. There are days that, you know, I'm, I will tell you, when that woman snatched that stuff out of my hands, I'm, I, I went just like, and I thought, and it was just the cop reaction, like, you know, because that was somebody too close, and it took every ounce of everything in me. I think every bit of my blood drained down to where I was like, <gasps> and I was like, okay, well, if you need any help, you just let me know. And I'm, I, this other person from another area's eyes went, bing, like, are you kidding me? And, and it was not, I wasn't thinking about God at that point. There was things going through my head I was thinking, but it wasn't that. And I had to literally go to another floor and take a breath going, oh my goodness. And it's only because there's been that tension. So that forgiveness thing, and what it did is it brought up ugliness to where I said something to somebody else, you know, and um, just a vent. And I realized that wasn't right. And it's almost like I, I felt like I was in a... Um, and just being honest, I felt like I was in a maze, yeah. and I was a room, whatever that little place was at the fair where you you were Fun trying, house. yeah, you're trying to get out, but all you see is yourself, and you think it's an exit. Honest to goodness, I, I left. I absolutely looked at them. It was five minutes after that had happened. I said, I need to go back to East Campus now. I'm sure you guys have this. Have a nice day. And I left. I literally got in the truck and drove off. Did not tell the superintendent. Didn't tell the head of the. The girl at the conference knew, but I knew, because I felt like, I, and that's what I felt like. I'm hitting these walls, and I'm, and I'm, and I was getting more aggravated. And I thought, oh, this is going to go south quick. But God, you know, I'm, maybe that was God coming to my mind when I said, "You're a witness to Christian. You're a witness of Christ. You got don't don't react." That's all I had to keep telling myself. Mm -hmm. And when when that one young woman asked me from the other campus, how in the world? It's so difficult. When you're when you're reacting, and yeah, you're going to react. I mean, there's going to be those days that you're going to end up reacting, and yes, you've got to come back to the God thing. But that, I'm going to tell you, that's hard. And that's it, a very and it has to be process. a daily thing. You know, it has to be what we're striving towards, right? Because and then when we do react, and we're quick to repent, we're right. quick to restore, <laughs> you know, our relationship with Him and our relationship with others. Because, you know, it's like even, I always picture, you know, when Jesus was led to the cross, as he was heading to be nailed on it, he was like a sheep being led to the slaughter, you know, and he said not a word, you know, he knew, I mean, the things that were being done to him, how he was beaten, how he was taunted, how he was spit upon, you know, everything, and at any moment... He could have put a stop to it. Oh, yeah. All he had to do, the angels were ready. He could have stood up and said, in an instant be healed. 
and say, enough with you all. And react. Leprosy on all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Fire from the mouth and everyone burnt up. That's it. <laughs> Lord, that's that's that but he chose the way of the cross. And it's not an easy way. You know, he says to us, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Don't give yourself rights. Don't allow your, your, to control you. No, you are controlled by my Holy Spirit. He is your comforter, your teacher, your guide. You know, he leads you on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, and so yeah, there's gonna be times, but those times should not define us, nor should they be as we experience those times, times that we excuse them, but we recognize them and go, and then we don't, and then also it's not time to be bound up in condemnation and shame and guilt. Oh, look what I did! What are they gonna think of? No, it's just recognizing it. Repenting of it and turning from it. It's about maturing. And the more we do it, the more we make it, it, it just becomes natural. You know? So it, it's a great reminder for all of us. So, why is it important to make a distinction between seeking the forgiveness of others and forgiving others? You cannot control if others forgive you, but you can make a choice to forgive. No. Define justice, mercy, and grace, and illustrate how they should work in our, I'm sorry, work out in our relationships with others. Justice is right and fairness. Mercy is not what we deserve, not getting what we deserve. And grace, I put the correct definition of unmerited favor. Um, and how they would work with others is a relationship with others that there is like a standard of rightness and fairness like we know what the truth is um, but in mercy we offer forgiveness um, even though justice uh, may call for something else um we extend mercy, um, and grace is also, it kind of works hand in hand, um, where they have not done anything to deserve what is being offered to them. I like when you think about justice, too, um, is to lead the justice to God. Right. Yeah. And I, Norma's not here tonight, but she was, I was going to bring this up anyways. But when you've heard us talk about before too, like for the first few years of discipling and ministering to Norma, everyone had to pay. She was going to make everyone pay for everything that had been done to her. And what are they, and why? You know, I mean, her and I would have these discussions, you know, but it wasn't until getting to a place where realizing that, wait a minute, leave the justice to God. When we seek to hold others accountable for our pain, seek to see them hurt, seek to get them back, 
we will never get to a place Free. of freedom. We will always be enslaved to unforgiveness. You know? And so, I mean, really, that, that in itself is freeing because there's, I spent the majority of my life figuring out how I was going to get people back. And they were going to pay. But it really hit me when I realized, wait a minute, God. I leave the justice in your hands. You know? I like that because when I think of justice, it's just a top mentality. Mm -hmm. I think of the scales and how they're balanced. Yeah. And how God's a balanced God. He's yeah. not going to just do it because Rob's ticked off and he, right. wants, he wants revenge. God's got the heart part of this and knows when that should come. Yeah. And I guess in Ephesians 4, mm -hmm. 31, when we go back through these last three points, mm -hmm. um, it all boils down to, you can even go up to 30, um, where it says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Yeah. Remember, he has identified you as his own, That's good. guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Yes. He's already guaranteed it, but, which doesn't negate, a lot of people say, well, you say, but that negates everything. Well, yeah, it does in some instances, but however, get rid of all bitterness. He doesn't say some bitterness oh. or the bitterness that you don't want to deal with That's and you're right. ticked off and you want me to deal with. Because oh. you don't want to tell God, okay, well, this is what happens, so I want you to deal with it justly. He's got this. We ain't yeah. got to tell him what to do. Hmm. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage. Mm -hmm. Whatever good. that is. All anger. And he doesn't say all in front of this, but he means it. Get rid of all harsh words, which are, you're such a jerk, you're such a this, you're mm -hmm. such a that. Um, and all slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And, it, and, it, and this is where it all comes into play here. The distinction between forgiveness and being forgiven because if I'm out here, again, running like a nutcase, you know, then why not? You know, instead, and this is the, and this is difficult for me. It really is. I mean, these guys have known me a long time, and they know. They know me back in the day when I was a pretty secure individual in who I was and what I did. Instead, be kind to each other. You know, I usually don't get around people to have to deal with that. Be tender-hearted. Be forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And I'm going to type all this out and I'll tape it everywhere I can because I have got to still walk through this with trembling and that to get rid of all bitterness, rage, yes. anger. I don't hold anything against people. You can hurt me and do whatever. Sometimes I do, but not all the time. Because um, I just walk away from it. And that sometimes looks like a sign of weakness, but it's really for their own good. Um but I need to remind myself of this because if my little temper flares off all of when something pulls up, how can I forgive someone? I'm eventually going to have to go to this woman and say, look, I am really sorry, and she's not going to have a clue. She's going to no. think, I, she's even going to, and this is how she stands. And she'll do that. When I go say, I just want to apologize. You don't know this, but what I was thinking, and I will do it. And she'll probably, she may come off as, because that's just the personality, and that's okay. I don't know when that time's going to come. But, um, and I've been praying about that, because it's really been eating at me to do this. Even since yesterday when I left, it's like that was not, you needed to, you needed to just, and I didn't act, but 
I really think, I really, really think this forgiveness thing, and I really am going to go back over this, is that it's got to be the balancedness of what God's going to do in the Justice Department and what we choose to do with the mercy and grace for others and that, and 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 really get rid of all this. We can't have, and, and, I, and I can only speak for myself, and he's really been dealing with me in the last few weeks. I can't have this one minute I'm okay and the next minute I'm pissed off as hell. I can't. You know, because at that point I need to walk away from all this and just go and do what I got to do and what I do best. And what I do best is handling it myself. And that's not a good place to be either because it could get real squirrely real quick. I mean, you know, it, and there's some things that have been going on in my little family that... I, and I'm talking involving my cousins and stuff like that, I could really walk up to somebody now and deck them and not bat an eye or worse. But the bottom line is is that if I don't follow what this says, this is going to, I just need to walk away from this because this schizophrenic up and down, up and down, I'm okay, I'm not okay, I'm happy, I'm not happy, I'm angry, I'm ticked, or this person looked at me wrong, I haven't had enough sleep, that's all my problem. And I don't need to be doing this. And so this has really been a battle for me to, you know. I think um, we've all find ourselves at times and seasons. And, and I think it's a season that he's you know, trying to work it out. And it's a season that it just, as we're open and honest about it, it's a season that we just need to recognize it so we can continue to mature in it. Absolutely. You know, um, because, yeah, I mean, but to really allow him to be, let him deal with the justice part of it, you know, and to extend the mercy and the grace to others. Right, and let him do the balance, because yeah. he's balanced in yeah. that to me. That's what I see. Yeah, that's good. So what is the difference between forgiving and forgetting? Well, I think that we talked pretty extensively about uh -huh. that, but I was already, like, you know, when I was doing this, I was like, well... You know, there, there is, like, I had my own issues with that, so I worked hard on my answer to make sure that it was a balanced answer, um, but without, like, rehashing everything that we've already talked about, it's, um, forgiving, my answer was forgiving is not being emotionally bound or bringing it back up, um, even though that you do remember it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we physically can remember because our, you know, we have memories, However, we're not emotionally bound to it, and we're not constantly bringing it back up to a place where it injures us or injures anyone else. That's good. Yeah, for me, I, it's because we have talked about it, but I wrote, for me, I have to look at it as forgiving and forgetting go hand in hand. It is a choice not to allow the offense to have a place in my heart that then, then defines who I am. So it's a choice of forgiving, and it's a choice of forgetting. To no longer have it to be what defines me. So how can you forgive past abuse and set up scriptural boundaries to stop further abuse? I thought you can release it emotionally and not hold them to their actions, but it doesn't mean that you have to continue to interact with them. Right. I think you should have a support system to do that you yes. can go to. Yeah. I think you need to have some, uh, 
place, people that you can go to to be transparent and say, hey, I'm going to be doing this, but I need, some, I need somebody to keep my arms lifted. And remember, too, as you're maturing, as you're creating um, this, these godly relationships, these support systems, as, as we're, you know, allowing God to work in and through us, you know, we're maturing, and we're actually going to stop, stop being the person, the victim that we were here in the past. Because as we're growing and we're maturing, we're learning the value of, of Christ and then Christ in us and our position in Christ. So we're not going to lessen or cheapen that by allowing these unhealthy relationships to continue. To allowing the abuse to continue. No, we, we start maturing, we start growing from that place and going, I don't belong here anymore. And it's okay. So, what or who continues to feel the pain when there is no forgiveness? And this is good, I like this question. It's one, probably one of my favorites. The offender or the offended and why? Or if they, they did, they could care less because they got what they wanted. They just go on with their lives. And when it says why, um, because it eats away at the offended, mm -hmm. and it creates bitterness um, because it continues to make you the victim. Yeah. Just what you were saying before. Just and being the you know. I remember saying they sleep fine at night. Yeah. You're the one that's up. And it's. I think the bitterness, I look at bitterness as almost like a cancer. Mm -hmm. and it's not something that happens, but I've watched someone close in my family that's, um, mm -hmm. she's dealt with that, and it's just something she could never let go of, and to, her, to the age that she's at now, and it has literally physically eaten away at her. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's sad because the most loving, kind person yet the most angry and bitter person and it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to see that in two spaces but she is oh. and yet would do anything in the world but it's like a slow eating cancer and if, if you don't stop it it can go on for years it's fascinating and when you think how they treat cancer they go in and eliminate all mm. they aggressively try to, to get rid of it yeah because you leave just a small portion of it and it'll just keep Re it'll regrow yeah. And re 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 huh? yeah so it's, it's it reminds me of that it's a slow painful mm. death how do we forgive from the heart sincere not seeking revenge genuinely show compassion and being able to intercede for the person exposing your hurt to God and asking him to help you and what would you tell a person who refuses to forgive. Well, to me, it depends on if, if they're a believer or not. If they're a believer, I, I went on the fact that they're a believer. And so if you're a believer uh, and you're refusing to forgive, I would tell you that you're in sin and that you, um, you're basically in error and that you're not going to grow and you're stunting your growth in Christ. 
anyone else? I would pray for the people that um, I would tell them I would be praying for them, whether they were believer or not. And they can't stop me from doing that. But to be again, I think just being a witness. If they know you, if they've known you, to be that witness to show them, and and uh, and maybe just plant the seed, and it may take you coming a long way and watering that seed, and, and just letting them know that you know. I think just letting them know that you know. I, I think that if it was, well, even if it was a, I mean, if it was a, a believer, I would definitely, what Carrie was saying, you know, um, remind them of what Christ has forgiven them of, but I would also remind them that it is going to, you're, you're giving that person that situation power over you. Yeah. You're creating a prison for yourself. And, you know, it. the forgiveness benefits you as far as, like, you release yourself from that. If not, you're just going to get bitter and just continue to, like, let that fester. Mm -hmm. And um, I have this little fortune, like I have two little fortunes that um, I've gotten from Mr. Case that I, I cut, and one of them is uh, forgiveness doesn't change the past, but it can enlarge the future. Oh, that's good. You know, and I think that that's so true. As long as you're stuck in the past being bitter, Alright, so the suggestion for quiet time, review this lesson and look up the pertinent passages that teach about forgiveness and ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind those whom you need to forgive from the heart. And then before next section, consider the following question. How are we supposed to relate to others in terms of love, acceptance, judgment, and discipline? And we're going to move on to page 87, which is session 10. The bonus session um, we will finish after session 12. So they've got to like right smack dab here. But skip over to session 10, Godly Relationships is where we're heading next Friday. Alright, so let's close with the one song of worship. I was going through the bonus session just on my own. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, I think I need a personal therapist to finish it. I had to shut it. I was like, I can't do the bonus. Awesome. I was actually hoping the bonus session was going to be next week because I will be here. I was like, I can't do the bonus session. It's funny. I'm telling you, 